Hello and welcome to the first episode of Chimera Diaries. So I'm recording here in my room. The windows are open, it's rainy, so you're probably hearing that rain. And there's wind. I have no equipment whatsoever besides my phone and my notebook. So please bear with me in this because I'm also not great at speaking out loud. And my speech is not the greatest either. But if any one of you will listen, I'm so thankful for that. Anyway, good day to anyone listening. Today, I'm going to talk about Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba and the power of kindness in the story. So, why anime in a personal journal category? Anime has been with me since I was a kid. I remember watching anime since I was a child and cheering on the characters. I love it. So, I also love reading manga, novels, watching TV shows, movies, and many more that I wish to uh, share in this podcast. So, I hope you guys will enjoy some of them at least. Okay, before we go to Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, let me first talk about shonen anime formula. So, what exactly is shonen? Shonen translate as boy or young male. So, what is shonen anime formula? Now, that is actually the basic formula or narrative you could see in shonen anime, which are mostly geared to young male audience. It's very, very common to see in shonen anime or manga that there are male protagonists either they start as young or teenagers and they have um, female characters surrounding them not all the time but the the main female character will always be the first female that they meet that are not related to them and they also have friends and enemies and friends that they gain through conflict and they also power up to be the most powerful character in the end of the series those are the basic concepts of a shonen formula so shonen formula is actually also seen in japanese culture it's derived from it from what i read so how is it derived from so uh japanese culture in japanese culture it's very basic to have social hierarchies there's always this um, culture where a hierarchical system is employed whether in clan or in group there's always a rank in community organization or family so how does this what does this mean for the Kimetsu no Yaiba or shonen anime as a whole? In that um, Japanese culture or Japanese hierarchies, there are three things that are of value actually. One is what, what they call koyu or, or innate. So from what I read, 
these um, people that possess traits or gifts that make them born winners naturally gifted people prodigious in short the second is chie or insight or resolve so these are people with belief or faith that are very unshakable something that's actually more important than the believers life those are the people that um, give their all to this beliefs beliefs system and the third will be seishin or spirit or persistence the willpower or competitiveness to overcome just by the virtue of being able to try harder those are very familiar in shonen anime and can be seen in most protagonists of um, this kind of genre so what does it mean to be to have a shonen anime formula it means that the hero is always striving to be the best the master the reasons will always all vary but the he's always trying to be the greatest you have rivals you have enemies that pushes this hero down but in the end end up as stepping stones for them so this will be necessary in talking about Kimetsu Yaiba. so Kimetsu no Yaiba. Some may have heard of this, watched this, some may not have known anything at all whatsoever. That's fine. But if you plan to start watching, you may get spoilers from me. I think I'll try not to spoil anyone too hard. Too much. Okay. So, anyway, these are my thoughts and review on Kimetsu no Yaiba, which is actually one of my favorite anime alongside some of my friends okay demon slayer kimetsu no yaiba or roughly translated as demon slayer blade of demon destruction this is a manga drawn and written by koyoharu gotoge the mangaka artist has uh the mangaka has 23 complete volumes with an anime from UFO Table last October 2019, spanning 26 episodes, an anime movie that is currently um, showing right now, I think, which is its art is also from the manga, and an upcoming second season. So the manga was first serialized in 2016, and since then has caught on fire. So Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, is amazing its manga has actually knocked one piece out of the chair of the top at one point in 2019 or 2020 i think which means it was actually the best-selling manga at some point which is no small feat that's how great it is but we'll get back to that later after a short intermission
so back to Kimetsu no Yaiba or KNY for short. KNY is a story set in the Taisho era of Japan revolving around the journey of Kamado Tanjiro and his sister Nezuko. Based on the one-shots that Gotoge Sensei did before publishing this work, familial bonds and supernatural elements will take center stage. And the story did not disappoint. The first scene of the story immediately tells you what a bittersweet tale this would be. It was heart-wrenching. Kamado Tanjiro, 12, at the start of the story, carries a bloodied and unconscious Nezuko, his younger sister. He trudges through the snow in the middle of a forest and the sun is absent. It looks like a hopeless situation. It feels like a hopeless situation. From these first shots, it is immediately established. Kamado Tanjiro, our protagonist, loves his siblings. So, in the shonen formula, it is actually not that um, well, not that well, well known. I think to start the anime with something of a tragedy, but it's not the first time it's done. Just not common. It is common though for the protagonists to have tragic backstories. Okay, so the scene shifts and it's revealed that Tanjiro has more siblings than a mother. His father is notably absent and later revealed as dead in the episode. So that already makes you question what happened in between those two scenes. The answer is, like I said, tragedy. The longer one is a demon attack leaving only Nezuko alive in the Kamado family. Tanjiro survived only due to the fact that he was in the town selling charcoal for his family's income. So the Kamado family home is actually near the top of a mountain, while the town where Tanjiro sells charcoal for his family's income is at the base. And uh, give or take that miles far from his home. By the time that he was finished selling charcoal, he was actually already late. It was already night by that time. So talk about irony at that point. It's even more heartbreaking when you realize that Tanjiro's younger siblings asked if they could come to the town with him to sell charcoal, or the fact that his family was senselessly slaughtered with Nezuko futilely trying to protect their youngest. Tanjiro is the oldest son of six siblings, so he assumes position of a father already. He knows that he's responsible for his siblings and his mother. While Nezuko is the eldest daughter and helps her mother take care of the younger children, as is uh, seen as responsibility of the eldest daughter by that time. So, as this was in the Taisho era, it's also semi-historical and the gender roles and family roles were very much defined in Japan by, the, by those days. Honestly, the manga was intense and sorrowful but the anime certainly made it even more so with the great voice actors and the haunting music pieces. Some of those are actually quite addicting and I have it on my phone too. So by the end of episode 1, you learn that Nezuko has turned into the same demon that killed their family and based on the 
title that is not even metaphorical. She legitimately tried to eat or kill Tangelo before stepping out of her hunger-induced craze. Let's go back to the word demon before I continue my rant on this. There are several Japanese words that roughly translate as demon in English, but those words do not mean the same in Japanese myths or culture. From what I gathered, at least, there are words like yokai, ayakashi, akuma, and oni that translate to demon in English but have different cultural meanings. But the Japanese word used in KNY is only one of those I mentioned, which is oni. Oni in translation means demon, evil spirit, troll, or ogre. If you search the internet and type the words oni, you'll actually get this big hulking monster so you might wonder or even ask what's the importance of an oni how is it relevant to the anime i'm talking about or why does it even matter to know it oni is very important to the grand narrative of things and to how the show portrays the protagonist the and the antagonist so Let's talk about the significance of Oni in Japanese mythology. When I first encounter, encountered this word in anime, it was used as an insult. It's akin to saying, you're despicable, you're a demon. But there's more to it than just a derogatory term in Japanese culture. An Oni, like I've said, is a hulking monster with red or green skin, horns, and lives in remote places. It is said that Oni take young women, eat humans, and cause havoc. I'm not going into much spoiler, but the first Oni or boss Oni is a lot similar to the story's main antagonist or villain, aside from the fact that he also looks a lot like Michael Jackson. So besides that, stories say that Oni are born when wicked humans die and serve as a punisher in Buddhist hell. There are also stories of humans that are utterly wicked and become Oni while still alive. Oni are also great sorcerers and have magic to aid them. And one myth also has them to be friendly to humans, wanting to be able to integrate in those human societies. The red and blue Oni story, if you search it. So, to those listening who know KNY, there are definite parallels with the myths and the story of Demon Slayer. For one, the demons in Kimetsu no Yaiba, just like in the myth, have this blood abilities, blood powers. If they, inif- if they eat enough humans, they actually gain these supernatural powers besides the fact that they are also super strong or fast and also in Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba their their ability to turn other humans into demons themselves are important to the narrative but we'll get to that so in KNY, demons become human. Oh, no, wrong. 
humans become demon if they ingest oni blood or an old oni's blood so willing or not when the blood is ingested one becomes a demon as is the case with kamado nezuko no so this is where the effect of kindness comes in many analysis has already said the same thing tanjiro is a kind and i agree to this this boy at the end of episode one even with tragedy knocking at his door has remained kind it's a prominent trait and watching him it isn't an inherent kindness it's a choice he keeps making over and over again so episode one established this trait when he snapped nezuko out of her rage with kind sympathetic words saying you can do it you can do it aside from the fact that he also is really just kind and he helps people even at the opening of the anime so having watched and read the whole series it feels to me that the whole demon thing is an allegory Tanjiro's words at the beginning of the story regarding happiness and sadness tells me that he has apt experience with both and continues to stay optimistic in his life despite those hardships he has faced so the demons are allegory i think to our inner demons our breaking point and our actions beyond that point the main antagonist himself kibutsuji muzan seems like a symbol so how is he a symbol well unlike other shows or novels or manga he isn't the most nuanced of characters or antagonist you can call him flat actually but his character itself what he represents is a symbol in the whole story so not every demon or oni in demon slayer is given a backstory but those that are could be sympathized with they had been humans once to tanjiro these humans once turned to demons became ravenous unreasonable and consumed by negative emotions and from almost every story of a demon the one most affected by the change besides the demon themselves are those close to them from the hand demon to the demon child rui it's always the family or friends that are most affected when a human is turned to an oni so the allegory that the oni are our inner demons and that we become what we become after and kibutsuji muzan himself as that insidious whisper to our ears they are us and they are also the despair infecting people one by one we'll get to how that intersects later with the shonen formula for now another short interlude for you guys demon slayers so uh, how is demon slayer intersecting with what I said about earlier about the shonen formula so I mentioned the three most important parts 
that are very common to actually see in shonen protagonists and uh, the shonen formula. One is the innate talent, second is the undying belief, third is willpower. Those three are very important in shonen formula. What's very um, attracting about Demon Slayer is the fact that it uses those three things. It has the basic shonen formula. The montage trainings, the first female protagonist or main female character, it has those. But at the same time, it subverts the tropes. So in Demon Slayer, to become a demon means you are unsalvageable, irredeemable. You cannot be saved. To every other slayer besides Tanjiro, demons are the epitome of evil or simple prey to them. What's compelling about KNY, I believe, is that many of these tragic side characters could have become the protagonist instead of Tanjiro. There's Zenitsu, the underdog, who you are really going to root for, I promise you. There's Inosuke, the gifted one with his innate talent and striving to be the best demon slayer there is but they are not the protagonist simply because what they desire from becoming a slayer is sometimes strength fame revenge etc sometimes it's also because it's the only thing they know what to do in ordinary shonen anime, those motives are understandable, even lauded as superior. In the story of Kimetsu no Yaiba, as you go forth more and more in the series, it's actually seen in a negative light. It's posed as a negative light in the narrative. So how is it posed as a negative light? So, power, um, desiring power, is often seen actually in the demon side of things so doesn't that actually mean that desiring power is not good or not and all be all if you're going to be a demon that's going to eat multiple humans just to achieve that power so, and another is you can also see it in the slayers part too but if you're just going to kill and kill what does that mean to the demons that you kill? Does that mean they are irredeemable themselves? It's kind of a taboo to Tanjiro himself because his main goal to be a demon slayer is not just for revenge or to become the strongest but to make his sister Nezuko human once again. You see the conundrum? If a demon is unsalvageable, not someone you could save what does that say for Tanjiro's goal if the demon thing is an allegory that being a demon is our breaking point does that mean those people who has who has achieved that breaking point but has actually not yet done those unforgivable acts of eating human does that mean they cannot be saved? Nezuko, at this point, actually, 
has not eaten human humans at all yes she has not tasted even a drop of blood instead to gain strength she sleeps she sleeps it all off to gain the strength she loses when she's awake so like i said he does not want to be the strongest or the best or just kill the antagonist tanjiro wants the best for the remaining part of his family his baby sister in his journey tanjiro sympathizes with his enemies these demons that have wrecked havoc havoc but he also does not falter in his goal of killing them he is decisive as was advised to him by his teacher before he became a slayer and also by his benefactor the main thing actually that also launched tanjiro and allowed him to be a slayer was kindness the kindness of his, of his benefactor not to kill his sister and to believe in him and his goal also in the narrative of the story it is showcased the back the past of these demons and in this showcasing of their past it isn't shown that what they're doing is an excuse those past are not an an excuse to their present actions just an explanation something to further give point and give emphasis of how wrong they've become but also to show they were humans once in this journey it's in this small moments of post battle when not even their creator muzan would spare them kindness that tanjiro shows that he cares he prays for them after he kills them he recognizes their humanity and their mistakes both and wishes them a good afterlife and for them to reincarnate into better lives it is hard to give kind words or a sympathetic shoulder to those that have wronged people like most layers condemn easily i'm not saying that's not understandable in its own way but the story i believe sends a strong message of choosing to be kind there's this ongoing trend with kimetsu no yaiba that not only exemplifies kindness but also the cost of power in demons to have power means to eat more human to kill more human lives in slayers to have power does not require that but it also requires costly sacrifice sometimes at the sacrifice of your own life at the cost of your own life so being an oni automatically grants you superhuman abilities including magical ones like i said earlier kny shows a variety of design in demon characters and powers that often has roots to what human past or symbolism these demons have one demon is the hand demon who does not have this magical blood powers but whose character design features a lot of hands he was turned into a demon when he was a child and as he lay dying 
the only thing he wanted was to hold the hand of his elder brother that he killed when he was turned into a demon. It's a very recurring theme how lonely demons are. It's actually a thing that they are um, said to be solitary creatures, but the series actually defies this um, concept too. Because these demons, they also band together with each other. But even though they band together, it's not actually, there's no unity. It's not actually a cooperation, but most could be seen as an abuse of power, as an abuse of each other, as is the case with the demon child Drury or the drum demon. In their height of power, they are ultimately lonely and at their deathbed regretful. The kindness that Tanjiro offers them bewilders them, but it is something they crave and sends them semi-peacefully to the afterlife. In the story, kindness doesn't solve everything, but it's a start. It's a part as even people persecute Tanjiro for his choices. It is an integral part of the world of KNY or K that makes it brighter, makes it hopeful like most shonen anime. And it's what makes Kimetsu no Yaiba unique. Most shonen anime, like I said earlier, do always um, exemplify this um, quest for power, for victory. KNY doesn't do that. It subverts that kind of trope in the most interesting of ways. Aside for the, from the fact that the demon allegory could be seen as, like I said, allegory for our breaking points, you can see many parallels in the story among families, siblings. There's a lot to unpack. And I urge people, well, I advise, you don't have to follow, to watch this anime or read the manga because you will not be disappointed. So I really try not to spoil anyone who doesn't know KNY, but I hope everyone enjoyed and that you all understood the point that I was getting to. And that's it for today. See you at the second episode. Bye!